up, everybody? I go by the name of Sly. And I'm Cardia the Dawn. And we want to encourage you guys. Hey, sous chefs. It's your host, Sly. And Cardia the Dawn. And we have a promotional special we need to give you right now. If you love us, support us, and want to see us make more creative content, be sure to nominate us for the 2021 Black Pods Awards. Also, if you have not, don't forget to tune in to our new season, which is currently streaming on all podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora. We out there everywhere. The whole nine. The whole nine. Be sure to also join us on the new podcast platform idea. It's new. It's the YouTube for podcasts, clips, thumbnails, the whole nine. It's great. You can join us with the access code W39M80. Again, that's W39M80. I'm your host, Sly. And I'm Cardi the Dawn. And, and this, this has, has been, been The Melting, the Melting Pot. Pot. Hello, sous chefs, and welcome back to another installment here at The Melting Pot. I'm your host, Sly. What's with the accent? What accent? I don't know. You came out British to me. I'm sorry. Let's do it again. <laughs> British? What? I'm sorry. It was, it was, How did I come out I don't British? Know. I heard hello, sous chefs, or something. I don't know. It was different. Just do it again. You caught me off guard, for real. Hello, sous chefs, and welcome back to another installment here at The Melting Pot. I'm your host, Sly. I'm Cardi the Dawn. And we are doing our first interview during our Sofa Sunday segment. As you know, we did Sofa Sunday in season two. And starting off here in season three, we want to amp it up a bit. So without further ado, we'll let our guest introduce herself. Hi, everybody. My name is Adrienne Woods. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I just dropped a new single on Labor Day called I Still Believe. And if you remember, Sue Chefs, I Still Believe was featured on our social segment, which we completely loved here at the Melting Pot. I, I just want to say amazing voice, Adrienne. <laughs> the production was crazy good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> anyway, I was definitely just singing it yesterday. Now I even saying that because you was on the show, but I sing hey. it all the time. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually part of the goal when I was when I started recording and when I wrote it, I had no idea what it was going to be. But during the recording process, I did intentionally say I wanted this to be all things to all people, right? Just like um the scripture says that. Jesus came to be all things to all people. And I wanted to make sure that I had a song that would reach any and everybody, wherever they were, um, whatever age they were and whatever they believed in. I just needed people to understand that um, your belief is really what drives your faith. And so when you believe in nothing, you have faith in nothing. And so um, it really was a song of restoration, right? To just get back into a place of belief so that we can strengthen our faith. Sounds great. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that it does. It's a perfect example of what you were talking about trying to reach all age groups. Uh, I played it for my niece and, you know, she she figured it was a song on like, you know, the radio. And I was like, yeah, it sounds good. And, you know, she's young. She's about uh, 11. And, you know, I, me and Cartier are both young adults in our mid-20s. So it's, you know, I feel like it's definitely a song that any age group can listen to and jam out to. Right, because I definitely played it for my family and we're from, we got elementary school all the way up to seniors and so it, it hit across the board. So yeah, you definitely reached all age groups with one song. Well, thank you. Thank you. That, that feels good to hear. Good feedback. Good feedback. And even more feedback. So the show gets played across the world and different countries had heard your song and they've all said good things. You guys can't see it, but yeah. So you got you got good feedback here and across the, the world. So that's that should make you feel pretty great. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. You should share some of that feedback when you get a chance. Just so I'll oh, know. definitely will. We um, if you go on our Instagram page, it's a thing called Sous Chef Submits, and I um, I type what the people have saying, so I definitely will 
let you know when I put yours up there. So we're just gonna, um, we'll ask a couple questions, just all about you and your career and, uh, you know, things you find fun to do in life. So we'll start off pretty, we'll start off pretty light. <laughs> um, my first question to you is when and why did you start uh, making music? Man, I, so let's rewind. I grew up in the church. So I've been singing all my life. And I know a lot of people say that, but I literally was singing with the adult choir at five years old. The first song I ever led was when I was five, There's No Way um, by Milton Bronson. And when I tell you that was so memorable because I was literally like this little pre-K student singing in front of the adult choir and the whole church was like, oh my goodness. And you was, and you was leading that type of song. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's the record and sounding just like the record. And I'm I'm not even amping myself up. Like I vividly remember sounding and, you know, doing the whole theatrics. Like I, I've always been a very expressive person. Um, but the crazy thing, my family really did not push the arts like that. They wanted us to participate, but as far as seeing it as a viable career option, it just was not a thing. So um I do not sing full-time. I'm a teacher. I teach English as a second language. I'm a linguist by trade. So writing has been pretty easy for me, right? Putting words together, putting tunes and melodies together because I sing to my students all the time. Um, but what inspired me to go ahead and record this song, oh my goodness, testimony time. Uh, the song... <laughs> Last year, let's say 2019 for me was very trying, um, very, very much so trying. And I, I think if you follow me on my personal Facebook page, you'll know that I am a huge advocate for mental health care, huge advocate for mental health care, because as a people, we discount it. And especially if you grew up in the church, a lot of times you don't see the necessity of it because Jesus can fix everything, right? And um, last year was just so bad, <laughs> so bad that I honestly had no plans of making it to October, which is actually when I penned the song. I penned it October of 2019, end of, end of September 2019. Had I done what I felt like I wanted to do, what I needed to do in May, I would not have been around to even write the song. So when I tell you <laughs> what inspired me to go ahead and record it was the fact that I had no will to live. Um, I didn't see that there was anything good in my life. And when I wrote the song, God wrote the song. He woke me up at three o'clock in the morning and I thought he was just giving me a couple of words per usual, you know, a couple of words here, a couple of words there. And so I, I wrote the few little words that I heard and hummed the tune in my um in my phone and I laid back down to go to sleep and he woke me up and said, no, I have the whole song. What are you doing? Get up. And so what you all hear on the recording is exactly what God gave me. Exactly what God gave me. I didn't write it. I didn't arrange it. I sang it exactly how God gave it to me. And I had not, I thought about recording it and my dad got sick and almost passed away. He got really sick to the point of death. Like the doctors did not think he was going to make it. And I said, daddy, I wrote a song and I'm singing the song to him in the hospital. And I think at that moment is when I decided to record. I had never recorded anything for myself. I had always been singing background. I've been recording background vocals since I was 10 years old. So I've been doing studio work since I was 10. And um, I just... You know, I would hear people all the time say, oh, you should put your own song out. You should put your own album out. And I just was not at the place. I don't think I was ever in the place where I felt like I had anything worth sharing with anybody um, until that moment, until that moment. And so it was a long process, um, you know, finding the right people, the right musicians, the right studio, um, just putting all the pieces together took a while and trying to envision my own process. And I don't know, you know, if any artists are listening, I hope you are. <laughs> because now that I know what I know, it, the, the process of going through this, it is literally like giving birth. And the feelings of, am I worthy enough to sing my own song? Um, am I worthy enough to actually put this out there? That is real. 
And you hear artists talk about that process and that roller coaster of emotions all the time, and we take it for granted. But I've been through it this one time, and I'm like, yeah, it's right, real. Right. <laughs> it is right, definitely right. real. And um, so inspiration to put it out is, you know, I had a lot of different places to be inspired from, but I didn't see the inspiration until after the song came out, if that makes sense. Because I was in a really interesting place for the better half of the process itself. So I hope that answered the question. (laughs) um, Oh, it most definitely did. And it was, uh, that was a powerful experience you went through. And it's funny how, you know, a medium such as music allows people to, you know, you said that God came to you in a vision while you were sleeping, you know, gave you this song and it's inspiring to see how, you know, songs get made sometimes because, you know, everybody's story and process is different. And for this, this is like your little baby, like your like your little project. And it's really, it's just really cool. Like, I love that, you know, the backstory, <laughs> you know, being that it was, you know, a little misfortunate, but I'm glad to see that it turned around and that you're in a better place in life right now. And you also have a pretty good song, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's more to come. But that when God gave me the song, I knew it was something that I should put out. I hesitated. I'm glad that I did because everything worked out for my good. We know all things work together for good, according to um, to God's purpose. And, and especially if you love him, it works together for your good and for good. So I'm glad that I had the roadblocks and that caused me to hesitate because it allowed me to get in a better position before I started working on it and actually released it. And I, I know that attributed greatly to the quality that I was able to put out. But um, yeah, it is it is a real thing. Artists are not out here just, you know, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. A lot of times we don't want to do either. <laughs> we want to be in the background and hide. And when um, when you're pushed into the front, it is very uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable, but the feeling of gratification and just just humility. There's a lot of humility that I feel every time I hear somebody say, oh my goodness, I heard your song, I think it's great. Like, I am always blown away. Like, I'm, I'm always breathless or, or wordless, speechless, because I just would have never imagined in all my years of life that this would happen for me. Even if it's on a small scale, I just would have never thought that anybody would have actually listened or heard me. And it's a great thing to to be heard and, and even more so to be understood. For somebody to have that connection with something that you spoke is an amazing feeling. I agree. And I know you mentioned earlier that you led your first song in the church at five. Um, but I was wondering, is there anyone else in your family that's musical or is it kind of just you taking on that journey? Oh, girl, my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy is a deacon in the Baptist church and, and he would sing all the time. So we We had a very interesting upbringing because both of my parents grew up between the Baptist and the Pentecostal church. We only knew the Baptist side of it until we got older. My mom used to sing in the choir. Um, Me and all my sisters were classically trained on piano and multiple instruments. We all sang. I'm the only one that writes and records, but we all sang. And um, so we grew up with music as, as a centering point, right? Saturday mornings, getting up and cleaning up. The only thing we could listen to was jazz, classical, uh, oldies, or gospel. Like, that was it. No rap, no R&B. It had to be The Temptations, The Spinners, Aretha Franklin. All great artists. (laughs) It had to be some family-centered, very clean, very universal music, or jazz with no words, or music with no words, you know, when when we would listen to a certain station, we were able to hear opera music. So we were exposed to different genres of music, um, which I know influenced the way that I sing and I write. Because I've been performing since I was, oh my goodness, 16. My band director realized that I could sing. And so I ended up being the vocalist for the jazz band. And he would take me around to all these different bars to sing on the weekend because I was not old enough to go to the bars. So he would take me with him to jazz standards. And I just remember 
Um, it was even uncomfortable then being in the front, right? I just, I never wanted to be out front. Um, but yeah, everybody in my family plays instruments and sings. Everybody in my immediate family plays instruments and sings. And the arts was always very important, but not valued as a, as a source of sustenance, you know? And which Pentecostal church, may I ask? Uh, so my mother used to attend the Cathedral of Faith Church of God in Christ in Atlanta, Georgia, where at the time Bishop Greer was the pastor. And she would go to YPWW, Young People Willing Workers. And um, they would attend the evening broadcast. Yeah, I know what that is. Showers of Blessings. Mm-hmm. My dad, I'm not sure which Pentecostal church he grew up in, but his mother was heavily Pentecostal. So deep, deep roots in my family. I found out years ago, maybe like a decade ago or so, even if it was that long, that I have several great uncles that were bishops that I had no idea <laughs> until I started attending Cathedral <laughs> of Faith years ago. And somebody, one of the mothers in the congregation was like, I knew your aunt and, and your uncle and Bishop so-and-so. And I was like, Bishop, now you got the wrong family. <laughs> Leave that. <laughs> right, like, right. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know these people, but when I mentioned it to my mom, she knew exactly who she was talking about. I was like, you never told us, you know, but um, it's, you know, it's just always a blessing to figure out where those connections come from. Sometimes it makes things make sense. You know, sometimes it does. But yeah, definitely a church girl. I grew up playing church in my room with my sisters. We shared a room and we had this old wooden chair. And we would set the chair up and all our uh, teddy bears and dolls and stuff would be the congregation. And I would teach the Sunday school lesson and my sister would get on one knee and pray (laughs) on that chair like the deacons. And we would do the altar call and say, will there be one? (laughs) You know, and make the dolls come down the aisle to get saved. You know, (laughs) we were were churchy, churchy kids, churchy kids. (laughs) And I, <laughs> I appreciate that I do because I learned I learned a relationship with God, not church, but I learned a relationship with God through play. And I think that attributes to how fluid I am in my, my relationship with God now at this point in my life, because I never looked at it as a spooky thing or a scary thing or, you know, I always had fun with God. So I didn't. It, it, it never got to a place where, oh, you know, you can't do this because I just I, I just never saw it that way. You said you got, uh, you know, you start singing at a young age. How did that play between the church and finding your balance of being young at the same time? Um, That's a good question. Because I don't think I had any balance. Um, <laughs> my family was the family that actually maintain the church. So if we weren't there on Sunday morning singing, we were there either Thursday or Friday night to polish the communion table and the pews and vacuum and clean the bathrooms and wash down the windows, um, prayer service and choir rehearsal. I think my balance came because I was a kid, right? So because my parents wanted me to have private music lessons. So I had piano lessons on Saturday mornings and I had um, Thursday afternoon saxophone lessons with my um, with my private tutor. And then I was very competitive in school. So I think I think I kind of forced balance because I was so into everything. I was a science nerd. So I was always in somebody's science competition doing something. I've been bilingual for the better part of my life. So I traveled and I lived in Spain for a semester while I was in high school. So that kind of forced some balance too. I don't think I ever had to really struggle for a balance, balance. I mean, when I look back on it, I can see how it was kind of like church, 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 seven days a week, all day long. But when we got home, home was home. You know, there was no carryover of, come on y'all, we gonna get together and pray in the living room. There, there was never a carryover of that kind of thing. We were always pretty, um, pretty lucid as far as what we could do at home. Like I went outside and played like everybody else, and watched Thundercats with a bowl of cereal on Saturday mornings like everybody else. You know, ooh, Thundercats. Thundercats, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a little. I dated myself just saying Transformers, Thundercats, and the Smurfs. You know, 
and, and that's, a, that's okay. I know oh, about the first, thirty kit. Yeah, Fraggle Rock. Uh, what was it? The Snorkels. We <laughs> we watched everything. You know, my my dad was really big into reading, so we could only have thirty minutes of TV time. And if we weren't watching TV, if it was raining outside, we were reading encyclopedias. If it wasn't raining outside, we were outside either gardening, um, hanging up the clothes on the line, or riding our bikes, doing something active. So I, I feel like I had a well-rounded childhood. I don't feel like I was restricted. I don't feel like I had a lack of balance. I think my family was actually really good at balancing um, and exposure. And I think there was balance because they wanted to expose us. They wanted to show us things that we wouldn't be able to necessarily see in school. So we went to Atlanta Symphony Orchestra concerts. Um, my dad operated the MARTA bus at the time. And so we were always on MARTA on the weekends. That's how we explored the city. He had a, a lawn care service on the side and one of his clients was Coretta Scott King. So I would sit at her kitchen table and do my homework while he cut her grass. And, um, Hold on, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. You just like slid that up in there. Like <laughs> you went from wild service to martyr bus to, right. oh yeah, I'm saying that Coretta Scott King. I had a very well-rounded childhood. And I, I think because I was around so many people that, you know, in my later years, I realized that, oh my gosh, that was a big deal. But as a child, I just, I was never starstruck. I would meet people all the time and I was just never like, oh my goodness, this is this person. It would just be like, they're a regular person. You know, they're human, just like me. And um, I think I'm like that even now. I think I know that I'm like that even now. They're like, oh, this is so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, okay, nice to meet you. God bless you. You know, <laughs> I don't get into pictures for Instagram <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I just don't because I yeah. feel like people need to be free to live their lives and be regular. You know, people don't always want to be famous. Sometimes you just want to be like everybody else. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think I ever had an issue with balance. I think I have more of an issue with balance as an adult than I did as a child. <laughs> but yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> and um, let's just go back a little bit. So you um, you mentioned that you went to Spain. How was how was Spain? Did you do any singing in Spain, or was it just strictly school? I did actually go sneak off and find somewhere to sing while I was living with my host family, my good girlfriend Asante wow. and um, another friend of mine, Raina Relaford. The three of us hung tight when we were in Spain. We were living in Salamanca. And um, we would get together and I was like, all right, girl, we're going to go hang out. And we ran into this guy who was from Cuba. He was a rap artist from Cuba. And my friend Asante, well, I had heard of them because at the time her family was heavily involved in some activity in Cuba. And so um, she knew exactly who this guy was. He was from this rap group called the Orishas, I think, or something like that. And so she was like, yeah, we're going to go see this guy. They're in concert at the Irish pub. I was like, okay. So uh, we get together. We put on our little teenager clothes. You know, you, <laughs> you a, junior, a junior and a senior in high school. Well, I was a senior in high school. She was a junior. So we get there and he's rapping. He's doing his thing. And she's like, yeah, my friend can sing. My friend can sing. <laughs> and so I ended up like, I don't even remember what I sang, but I ended up on stage with this guy in Spain at this college campus right. bar. <laughs> singing in the middle of nowhere, Spain. And um, I don't know, that was like the coolest thing. And it had you not asked me, I would not have remembered that because I don't tell anybody that story. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that, that was yeah, I, I, I was feel really like you did some singing. I don't know why. I, I mean, when your friend puts you on the spotlight, it's, it always goes the one like, way yeah. you have to sing. <laughs> yeah talk about good times man I've had a great life and I think every time I get to a place where I'm really really low and depression you know that that old familiar friend of depression because I think we all have made friends with depression and anxiety through our lives and we just don't realize it but and that old friend want to come knocking at the door and telling you you know how terrible everything is 
you know, conversations like this help me to remember that God truly has been good to me. He will always be good to me. I have never been hungry. I've never begged bread. I've never been forsaken. And so I know that I am the righteousness of God, right? Because ne- he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. So I thank God that he has his hand on my life and, and all up in all my business. Um and, and stories like that help me to remember that, yeah, I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I should be doing. This is what I was born for. This is what I was made for, even if it doesn't feel like it at the moment. So thank you for that question, because, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. That was over 20 years ago. I know you mentioned that you were uh, bilingual, too. Uh, did you mention what language, other language you speak? No. So Spanish is the language I speak fluently as my second language. I can understand Portuguese and Italian because of their proximity. Yeah, very close. Um, Yeah, they're very, very similar, but I cannot speak them. I can't speak the languages, but if I were reading it in print, I could pretty much make out what it was about for the most part. But yeah, that's what I do. I teach English as a second language. I started off as a Spanish teacher my um, master's is in applied linguistics. So I'm a linguist by trade, which is amazing because I didn't realize how closely linguistics is to um, speech and language pathology, which is the study of the voice and the apparatus of the voice and the muscles in the face and the mouth. And so when people ask me, oh, well, do you give lessons? And I'm like, no, but you know what? Honestly, probably could. Right. and, and so I started, I actually started doing vocal lessons from the clinical perspective of this is what your mouth should be doing. This is where your breath should sit when you sing notes like this. Um, and only from my experience and not necessarily from being yeah. trained, but just from my knowledge from other related areas of study. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. I surprise myself every day. (laughs) (laughs) So if you wasn't teaching, what would you see yourself doing? I would probably be singing, most likely. I know that I would be singing. Um, I definitely would not be in the U.S. permanently. I, I would be traveling and singing. I don't necessarily know if I would be singing as an artist or just doing background because I I actually really enjoy background singing. I love it. I love being a background vocalist. Um, So I don't know if I would be out in front or if I would be more comfortable just doing background and living the tour life. I definitely, if I was not teaching, it would definitely be something musical. I wish I could live a tour life in another country. (laughs) Most and I have one more question and she got one more question. She got okay. You mentioned how you you grew up listening to gospel and jazz, and I was gonna ask before you answered it, who who are your musical influences and what did you grow up listening to? But you kinda already answered that part. Oh, I have so many. I have so many influences. I think it depends on where I am and and what what I'm trying to do as to which influence I pull on. But for example, my dad used to play Nat King Cole in, in, on cassette tape in his blue Chevrolet pickup truck at nauseam. So I know all the words to every Nat King Cole song on the Unforgettable album. <laughs> and I know all of the riffs and all of the cues and all of the oohs and the ahs because I listen to it all the time. Uh, Mahalia Jackson definitely because I was always the one that they called on to sing some Mahalia Jackson song, you know, so I had to listen to a lot of that. Um, Older artists, jazz artists, uh, definitely Sarah Vaughn and Ella Fitzgerald. My freshman year in college, what was that music program? Napster or something like that? Yeah, Napster. I'm yeah. Too, I'm, I'm aging myself. Good. <laughs> Napster is about around, I think, the 90s. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> MySpace. Yeah. Hey, we was part of the MySpace area, so. Ooh, child, to be almost 40. My goodness. <laughs> but um, I was, I, I would be up all night on Napster looking for uncut versions of Ella Fitzgerald songs where they were raw and had not been edited. I didn't, I never had an interest in listening to studio versions of songs. I was I always gravitated toward the live version. And I would memorize and mimic her scats. 
I would just sit up and learn them. Every word, every inflection, every slide, every vowel, I would just sit and learn them. And I didn't really have a purpose to do so. I just wanted to do it, you know? Um, so big, big influence. Louis Armstrong, I love that his voice was so, so unique. unique. Yeah. Nobody else can sing it like Louis, you know. Similarly, Kim Burrell, nobody else can sing it like Kim. We got a bunch of Kim wannabes, but nobody can <laughs> sing it like Kim. Uh, um, <laughs> Shots at the wannabes. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody. Nobody. Okay. Uh, uh, Judy McAllister. Um, and that's a part of me working with Church of God in Christ International Music Department, having been able to be in their presence and under their tutelage. The two of them definitely are influences for me. Oh, my goodness. Michael McDonald. I mean, I could go, the list goes on and on and on. Lyle Love It, because I like country music too. Um, I could I could just go on and on as far as musical influences because I've li- listened to so many different genres of music right. over the time. But definitely as a child, it was more so the Nat King Coles, the Ella Fitzgerald, the Mahalia Jackson, um, the Shy Lights, the Temptations. You know, if you couldn't sing it like the Temptations, you wouldn't sing it. Um, just all of that. And I think because quartet music was really big yeah. into Mighty Clouds of Joy. Oh my God. Y'all couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> when my youth choir opened up for the Mighty Clouds of Joy, y'all, I thought I was going to see Jesus. I love Mighty Clouds of Joy. Nobody can tell me nothing about the Mighty Clouds of Joy. <laughs> so, um, I, I do have very broad, broad, broad um, influences. Gregory Porter, another jazz artist. Um, I, I listen to everything. I listen to everything. And it, it helps me to tune my ear and find my own style, find my own voice. And sometimes it's just self-soothing. Yeah. Well, you have impeccable taste. <laughs> I will say oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> this is my last question. Um uh, to piggyback off of what Cartier asked, who would you most like to collaborate with? Man, yikes. I don't want to call no names and get in trouble out here. Um, <laughs> okay, let me do it by genre. Let me do okay, it yeah, you, you can break it down. You can break I, it down. Yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot. They're in my head. Uh, if I were going to collab with anybody for... Um, for like blue-eyed soul, what 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 they're calling it, I guess that's the new genre. I have no clue. They rename music every day. <laughs> it would definitely be Michael McDonald. Okay. Or, you know, anybody from the Doobie Brothers, but absolutely Michael McDonald. I love his voice. And he's an amazing person. I had the opportunity to sing background with him when he was on tour here in Atlanta. And he is just... You just never know how kind people are until you know how kind people are. And it just blew me away. Just his love of God and love for people, it just blew me away. But artistically, I would love to collaborate with him. Um, Dead or Alive for rock and roll, definitely Tina Turner. Yes, yes. I would love to collaborate with Tina. I love that squall, honey. She she does it for me every time. I just want to hang out with Tina. Uh, Aretha Franklin. I would love to just sit up under her. Not necessarily for collaboration on a song, because I don't feel like I'm worthy enough, but just to sit under her tutelage. Just sit at her feet and listen to her sing. Definitely Aretha Franklin. Um... Sheesh, gospel. I can't choose one because gospel has so many miniature genres inside of it now. It is ridiculous. Like Molly music is like gospel slash Christian slash pop and soul. You know, he's definitely an artist. That oh, I love to yes. With. I would be terrified to collab with Jasmine Sullivan. Terrified. <laughs> terrified. Terrified. I would just want to say, ooh, and be done. <laughs> I would be so scared to sing anything else in front of her. Um, yeah, she's definitely one. Uh, gospel greats, Mighty Clouds of Joy, hands down, because I like Mighty Clouds of Joy. Um, if I were going to do a quartet album, it would be them and the Williams Brothers. Absolutely. 100%. Hands down, because can't nobody do it like them. Um, 
It's a toss-up between Kirk Franklin, Israel Houghton, and Fred Hammond. Because their sounds are so different, but I can appreciate all of their styles, you know? Jazz artist, definitely Gregory Porter. Or um, Michelle Indicello. Oh, my guy, Robert Glasper. Robert, if you hear this. Definitely Robert Glasper. Did you get a chance to uh, look at Fred Hammond's uh, coronavirus concert he did, did online? Not. I did not. Because, you know, COVID has been a curse to some people, but it's definitely been a blessing to me. So I've been very busy. Yeah. And I have not had an opportunity to indulge in all of the other social media stuff that everybody else can because I'm on the go a lot. So... I'm hoping that I can find it on YouTube because I got a lot of those verses and concerts to catch up on. I did catch the Erica Badu and the Jill Scott and Mothers Put It Down. Yes, that was that was good. <laughs> Mothers Put It Down and just bless the world with love and light. It was amazing. I would love to collaborate with Erica. Jaguar yes. Wright is another person I would love. Her voice is like smooth butter. Jaguar Wright has an amazing voice and I think not enough people really know who she is and know about her and have mm-hmm. heard how she maneuvers in song but my god that woman is amazing so yeah I got a lot of people I would love to collaborate with before I leave this realm but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna happen but it would be great I mean Lyle Love It for Country or Eric Clapton Okay, yeah Eric Clapton yeah yeah, definitely would love to sing something. I actually have done a duet with Lyle Lovett live, and it was fun. He's a lot of fun, too. But yeah, it's, I don't know, girl, it's just so many. It's just so many because I just love music. Yeah, I, love I feel music. that. Love you seem like you've already worked with a selection of great people already. So I'm pretty sure you're getting closer and closer to your dreams. I I'm, I told a friend of mine yesterday. I just I mind my business. That's what I do. <laughs> I just mind my business, and I'm grateful <laughs> to God for the opportunities that I've had. I I find it, you know, it's it's always shocking to me, and I always feel so blessed when I'm able to work in that capacity as a background vocalist for anybody who has anything out here on like national radio that you can turn your radio station on and listen to. Um, It's always a blessing and I'm always so humble, but it's also a learning opportunity, right? And I sit and I observe and I watch. Isabel Davis is incredibly humble. She's like the homegirl next door. You know what I'm saying? She's just a sweet, sweet spirit and very sincere. Isaac Curry is the same way. Myron Butler is the same way. You know, Mignon Sarton, the whole, um, it's it's just, it has been a wild ride. And sometimes I sit and I reflect. And even though these, some of these opportunities was literally, I was in the right place at the right time, right? Like it was nothing that I prepared for. They were just like, hey, we need this. Are you available? <laughs> it was it was nothing that I auditioned for. Or said, hey girl, put me on. It was, it's never been anything like that. It literally has always been, hey, are you available on this day? Because we need an alto to do this and do that. And my schedule was always clear because nobody ever asked me to do anything. So <laughs> I had these great opportunities to um, to just kind of fill things out and and be a part of some great moments and some great projects. And, you know, none of these people I know personally enough to just call up and be like, hey, girl, what's going on? But just the fact that I've been able to share the stage or share in ministry with them is enough for me. It's enough for me. I don't have to know you personally and, and be the godmama to your babies. We ain't got to do none of that. I'm just glad to have been able to be of service in a space where I needed to be in a, in a particular place. So just a blessing. Just a blessing. Your life is good. <laughs> we want to thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom with us today. Uh, we love uh, swapping stories with others and you have such a bubbly personality and I feel like I've learned a lot, you know, I feel inspired after listening to you talk and yeah, I just love the conversation we had today. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you guys be on the lookout. There's another single coming. I'm not going to release the name of it because I haven't named it yet. Shame yeah. on me. But, um, <laughs> it's like, it'd be like that sometimes. It's cool. Girl, it'd be like that sometimes. I, I think I actually did name it, but I'm, I'm reconsidering and I'm actually still working out the kinks with it. But there's a yeah. new single that should be here close to the end of November for the Christmas season. So you guys look out for that. I'm excited. I got some collaborations on that one that I am heavily Ooh. anticipating. I'm so okay. happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one is going to be artsy, artsy, artsy. And I'm excited. I'm excited about being able to expand into places where I think most other artists have been afraid to go or mm-hmm. they feel like because they're signed on a label, they can't do a certain thing. Or what if they don't like it? And I'm in a place I really don't care if people like it. So right. Everything, you know. <laughs> right. We love to see it. That's that's the way it should be. I'm being my creative self, my best creative self. And if it's exactly. really good. Yeah, it exactly. Really good. Yeah. So, yeah, y'all be on the lookout and I keep everybody posted. But the album art is going to be amazing. Oh, shout out to my photographer. Shakara Marcus of Shop Photo. Shout out to my graphic artist, Devashi Woods. We are not related. We're not cousins, but we call each other cousins. <laughs> um, graphic designer of DW Design Pro. Um, shout out to my producer, Kelvin Broughton, who I call Pops, who keeps me together and uh, chastises me when necessary. And uh, yeah, shout out to my hairstylist, Shantae, and my makeup artist, Lena Wright of Beauty Just Right. You can look for her on Instagram and Facebook. Shout out to just the musicians that took place in it. My background singers, Valencia Gujar, Antonio Cunningham, and Kelsey Broughton, who are all amazing singers within their own right. Antonio Wright does a lot of vocal arranging. He actually is putting out a Christmas album with, I'm trying to remember the name of the church, uh, Passion Passion City Music. Um, you know, Valencia Gujar is getting ready to drop her single as well. Kelsey Broughton is long overdue. She is amazing. She was one of my singing buddies in Black Nativity this past season. So I'm just excited of what God is doing in their lives, just what God is doing in my life. My musicians, Justin Gilbert, James Barrett, Duke. Oh my gosh, I know I'm forgetting people and they're going to be like, you didn't call my name. Listen, I'm old. My mind is (laughs) But (laughs) I am so grateful. Rick Watford on guitar. Ha, amazing. I am just excited. I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about the team that I have, the engineer, Thank you so much, Mr. Ron Benner of Dogwood Studios here in um, Covington, Georgia. I'm just, I'm really excited about the project that has already been released and what's coming in the near future. It's, it's, the ball is rolling. We moving. Um, Yeah. And it's good stuff. And hopefully I have other stuff to announce pretty soon. Other than the stuff that I just announced. I got some stuff working in the works and I'm excited about that too. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, man. So while we're in the uh, mood of shouting out, do you want to promote your social media? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Adrian J Woods. Adrian spelled A D R I E N N E, middle initial J, last name Woods, W O O D S. Um, at Adrian J Woods, you can um, follow me via my website www.adrianjwoods.com you can follow me on Facebook at AJ Sings Live AJ Sings Live is the artist page on Facebook and if you would like a link to my music you can type in lnk.to backslash I still believe no spaces. My single is available on all digital media platforms including Tidal Music Apple Music Spotify, Deezer, everywhere. YouTube, YouTube music, everywhere. It's everywhere. Amazon, all that good stuff. All y'all droid users. (laughs) Get to it. (laughs) (laughs) All y'all Android people, I got something for you too, okay? Uh, But yeah, it feels great to even (laughs) say that. Like, that is crazy. I'm always in shock when people are like, where can I find your music? I'm like, man, my music. Right, my music is yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, go listen, go listen. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, 
Yeah, shout out to TuneCore because um, my music is actually being played, like you said earlier, all over the world. Africa, Europe, Asia, it is literally all over the world. I wouldn't have never thought, I, I just could not perceive it when I started this, that it would be the way that it is. So praise God. And just to think, you almost gave up. You almost gave up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a moment. I mean, I, I would give details of my... um of my testimony, but I don't want people to feel inspired to follow in my footsteps. But it was, it was a very interesting time in my life. And I was ready to just say, yeah, this is it. I'm tired. And there's nothing else for me to do here. And so I should just go on by my business and everybody else continue on with their life. And so for anybody who has been in that place, I pray that God sends you an angel or divine intervention of some of of some kind to pull you out of that place because your life is worth it. You are loved, you're amazing, and you're a unique creation. Nobody else is like you. Um, there's only one you and everybody has divine purpose. I truly believe that we're all here to put, we're all put here to do something very specific that nobody else can do. Even those that we see in society as evil, rapists, murderers, um, those who do malicious deeds, there are things in their lives that needed to happen in order for somebody else's life to move in a certain direction. Do you understand what I'm saying? So no one on this planet is without value, no matter what it is they look like, what it is that they do. And I'm not endorsing people who do those heinous things. What I'm saying is, is that everybody's life has intent and purpose. And when we operate in that purpose, whatever God has put us here to do, um, our lives are much better for it. And, um, yeah, I just I just praise God every day that I'm starting to see the fruition of what it is that I was put here to do. And it feels really good. It feels really good. So don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. If you feel like you're too old, you're not. I'll be 40 in two years. If you feel like, you know, you're not smart enough, don't feel that way. Um, you're not connected enough. Oh, God, please don't ever feel that way. Because that's that's what stopped me. I didn't feel like I was connected enough. I didn't know enough people. Nobody would listen to me. Um, don't let that stop you. Don't let that end your process. Keep going. Keep going. Get around a good circle of people who can help carry you through. And just don't give up. Don't give up. The person that saved my life on that beach that day was a homeless man that smelled like alcohol who had just finished stealing money from somebody else. And he looked at me and literally said, Jesus loves you. And I broke right there on that beach. And that's what kept me from killing myself that day. So you don't know what anybody's purpose is just by looking at them. Don't make the assumption that because they're in a certain place in life, that their life doesn't have value. We're all valuable. We're all valuable. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was a beautiful testimony from AJ Woods. We are going to wrap it up, but we want to thank you again for talking to us today and taking time out of your busy schedule. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's not real busy today. Today is a relaxing day. It's just administrative work. But I appreciate you guys for having me. This was great. We do appreciate you for taking out your time. And uh, unless you want to, um, you know, hit us with a little bit of I believe, we always... Ah. Well, I was like, give, us, give, us, give us a little live piece so we know it's yeah, real, just, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So endow me with your power and strength. Reconcile me with your grace and love. Yes to you. Yes to you, God. Yes to you. Yes to you. Say yeah, yeah. Yes, I believe. Woo! Love it, love it. <laughs> well, sous chefs, I'm your host, Sly. I'm Cartier the Dawn, and that was Adrian Woods. I still believe. <laughs> and this has been you praise the Melting Pot. We just want to worship Jesus right here. This is a real simple song. We just want to worship Jesus. It simply goes. Make this a declaration over your life. Yeah. Christ wanted it up for me. Over me. Make this a declaration over your life. Yeah. Christ wanted it up for me. Over me. 
we didn't deserve it. Hallelujah, you won it all.